imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women? Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Leadership Global Program. I am so excited to welcome all of you to today's program, where we have the honor of speaking with Lisa Carlone Steindorf. She is a director, a consultant, a trainer, a speaker. And today we are going to be talking to Lisa about what feminine power really means. And I have to tell you that it's been my experience that good leaders often possess a combination of various leadership qualities like creativity, motivation, vision, empathy, but the most successful leaders are able to adapt to the needs of all kinds of situations, employing a whole diverse set of leadership skills in order to achieve their goals. Female leaders have actually been proven to be much more likely to coach, to mentor, and develop their direct reports than their male leaders. They are true talent agents using feedback and direction to actually help people grow. And this means being less transactional and much more strategic in their relationships with employees, with direct reports, with stakeholders, with partners. And it also includes an openness to actually hire people who are better than themselves because their egos are less likely to stand in the way. And this enables women to unlock other people's potential and to promote effective cooperation on their teams. You know, traditionally, the idea of feminine leadership is used as kind of shorthand for an approach that places emphasis on empathy and humility and relationship dynamics, but the results can actually deliver a much more considered rather than an impulsive decision-making process with subsequent action. But feminine leadership actually belongs to all of us. It's actually a state of being that recognizes and understands the power of connecting, of learning, sharing, and evolving as a leader. And women executives need to be exceptionally aware of their own leadership styles and strengths. And that's why we're so happy to welcome Lisa Carlone Steindorf to today's program, where she will help explain the true definition and meaning of feminine leadership. But first, before we dive in, let me tell you just a little bit about Lisa. You know, for decades, Lisa Carlone Steindorf has been guiding professionals and women especially to shift their own power paradigm and transform discrimination, conflict, crisis into the greatest opening. Women then can achieve exactly what they want to and so much more despite external circumstances and resistant mindsets that might exist around them. So using the impactful strategic tools of core success, individuals and organizations from over 35 cultures have actually learned to break through old patterns and thrive through challenges. They're able to build strong relationships beyond fighting for rights to excelling personal value. They come to their own insight and leadership that actually empowers others. And that's what Lisa is going to be speaking about today. Clarity, ownership, resolution, and excellence. That is core success. And it's a powerful combination 
that streamlined process and optimize human potential that's delivered in every aspect of Lisa's group, training, coaching, facilitating, consulting, and talks. As a director, consultant, trainer, and speaker, Lisa helps people unleash their full potential, resolving conflict, facilitating personal and professional development, transforming crisis, and providing effective communication tools for individuals as well as organizations. Lisa, I tell you, I could not be more excited to welcome you to today's program. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, sincerely. It really is. It's great to be here and great to be with you, Linda. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa. Now, to kick us off, I'm so interested. Tell us a little bit about your journey. What's led you to have such passion around this idea of behavioral change at a leadership level and female leadership specifically? So there's... It's interesting. There's two pieces to that, and both of them really stem from the relationship I had with my father. He was a military man, um, colonel in the Air Force, pilot, professor, engineer, variety of different things, and very powerful, very strong. And when he returned from Vietnam, he was shot down, came home um, quite injured in many ways. They didn't have a term for PTSD at that time, and yet the rage, the the trauma was all within him. And he unleashed that in the home. There was nowhere else to go with it. So I grew up in violence with people who really cared and were very loving and did not have the tools to deal with the circumstances. And as a child, that was tough. And as a female child, it was tougher because the way of interacting with a father didn't work from his side. He had no idea what to do with us as, as females. And so I grew up really in a, I'm going to say, almost an oppositional relationship with my own femininity. And so it took me many years to first come to peace with myself and to find my way out of a lot of anger and isolation and resentment. And I did, I came to a place of just real self-acceptance and self-love and appreciation. And I transformed the relationship with my father, which is a whole story unto itself, really powerful. And then when I had children, it took it again to another level because that drew on a part of myself, not only as a woman, but as a person that I also had no training in, right? You only get the training to be a parent that you have from your parents. So mine wasn't the one that I wanted to actually perpetuate. So again, I went back to the drawing board. I did various certifications in, as a mediator, group facilitator, nonviolent communication, person-centered therapy, all of these things, and recreated myself as a parent. And I started working in organizations this was in Europe, um, where I was, where I spent most of my life. And so the work I was doing with families and youth and individuals and, and coaching and consulting, corporations started coming and saying, could you do this for us? Could you do that for us? And so over time, I was working in larger corporations, trade unions, where there's a lot of conflict. Um, and especially in, in Germany, in England, in France, in Spain, you have a lot of cultures a lot of cultures in one place. And so that is a constant diversity that, that causes friction and need for understanding. So all of that corporate background is really what, what brought me to the place of, oh, that, that's what's going on. And now how do women fit in all of that? Lisa, I think that is so powerful. I am so appreciative of you sharing uh, such a deeply personal story about what led you to have such passion and such clear purpose around leadership and female leadership specifically. 
And really, it sounds as though that was born out of a lived experience that helps shape how you want to be in relationship with others and how you can help others really optimize the relationships in their life. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. So let's dive in a little bit. Can you help explain how you define feminine leadership and what that really means to you now? Absolutely. And again, it comes back to that relationship with my father, who was a leader in many, many ways. And I learned from him how to lead as a man. And so I had my mother, bless her, also at that time in life and being married to whom she was married to, she didn't have a leadership position. I never learned how, how can women lead? What does feminine power look like and feel like? And how does it express itself in the world in a way that really is impactful and needed? And so over the years where I was working in, in organizations and still do, I started to understand that what women bring to the table is so important and it gets so lost in our assumption that we have to either present it as men or we have to be in opposition to men. And so what I found in my coaching and my, my women's work, um, Woman Undaunted, and also the core female leadership that I do inside corporations is that these women, it's helpful when they identify who they are as a woman first, and then how does that express itself in my leadership with my team? Whether I have males and females on my team is irrelevant to how I am as a leader using all of my abilities when I come into a team situation, a leadership situation, decision-making, speaking, whatever it is. Women do it differently. And thank God we do. That's yeah. great. And I feel like that's really helpful to level set, Lisa. I, I so appreciate that perspective. So let's talk a little bit about core success and how that's associated with this idea of feminine leadership. So can you explain that a little bit? Can you unpack this idea of core success? Absolutely. So core stands for, it's an acronym and it, it, it came out of a conversation actually with my son when he was asking me, he said, you do so many different things, mom. I'm like, what ties it all together? So I started naming these things. He said, that's core. I said, oh, I know. He said, no, mama, it's an acronym, core. And it was clarity. So being really very clear on who you are and what you're looking at and also what you want in, in that particular situation. And then ownership. Really, and ownership is different than responsibility. So responsibility is where I've been either given a task or I take on a task and I want to fulfill it. Ownership is really my stance in relationship to that which I'm doing, that I own my circumstances, I own my behavior, I own the entire energy in the situation. And it's powerful when we take ownership. And it doesn't have to be permanent. It can also just be, you know, for the time that you're in a meeting, you can take ownership of the meeting, of the outcome, and of yourself. And then there's resolution. And I think that that's really key for women, especially. And what I mean with resolution is if there are tensions or conflicts, obviously clarify those and resolve them. But we stand quite often, I'm going to just make this, make this statement, an assumption, that women are most discriminatory against themselves. We all the discrimination that we have experienced in gender discrimination, we've assimilated that. It's not like we were immune to those judgments. Now they're part of us. So not only are we dealing with them externally, we're dealing with them internally. And those are the ones that we're usually not aware of. 
So I help women really understand. So how am I in conflict with myself? How am I judging myself? Where am I taking the, the areas of myself that perhaps are not my excellent part and, and being so cruel or unkind or judgmental with myself, I don't give myself a break. And not only is that not a fun experience, but it, it literally hinders our leadership because we bring that conflict with ourselves into whatever situation we're in, right? And then the final one is excellence, is giving ourselves permission to live from that highest place. And honestly, I've been fascinated, Linda, that most people have an issue when you're doing excellent. If, if people are striving, they're like, you're the underdog and they want you to get there. But once, if you get to the top, and I've seen so many women, when they finally get to the C-suite and they're, and they're doing what they want to, suddenly all of the peers they had had are jealous, knocking them down, talking behind their back, making it difficult for them. So they've achieved what everybody wants for them and what they wanted for themselves. And now suddenly it's not okay that they're there. Men have that less, they just do. And so to give women the opportunity or encourage them actually to take the opportunity to own and live into and from their excellence all the time. That's, that's really what it's about. And I, I come back just briefly to the, um, well, it wasn't a poem, it was a, a text from Marianne Williamson that Nelson Mandela spoke at his inauguration. And there's a line in there that says, we are not afraid of being small. We're really afraid of our greatness. And who are we not to shine, right? We are all children of God. And so it's that, it's that sense of we have not only a privilege to shine, but we have an obligation to shine really right. for ourselves and others. That's so right, Lisa. I love that. And I love the, the idea of core, clarity, ownership, resolution, excellence, and really that idea of core success. Uh, that's just so powerful and it's so memorable. So thank you for sharing that with us. Now, a lot of what you just explained seems to me to be a beautiful combination of both purpose and performance. So it's having a clarity of purpose. It's having a clear mission and vision, but then it's also being very intentional and purposeful around the performance yeah. that you are dedicating yourself to, the, the standards in which you were going to live by, and the depth and meaning of relationships that you are going to curate. So can you explain a little bit about some of the fundamentals from your perspective of both purpose and performance, especially as it pertains to feminine leadership? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I really have to say, I love how differentiated your questions are and your thinking. I really appreciate that about you and about Leadership Global. That's why I'm here and excited to be here. I define intention a little bit differently as I do leadership, a little bit differently than most people. So for me, intention is not related to outcome. It's what experience do I want to give myself and others in this situation? So that's where performance and purpose are connected. So I may have a purpose. I know where I'm going. I know what my mission is. I know what my values are and how I'm driven towards something or driven to do something or be a certain way in the world. My performance is going to be determined by my intention. How do I want to do that? How do I want to show up? What experience do I want to give myself and others? And I, I think actually of Steve Jobs, and one of the reasons I think that Apple had been so successful, at least initially, I can't speak to it today, 
He wanted people to have an aesthetic experience when they picked up that, that phone or that actually started with the iPod, right? He wanted them, it, it should be sleek and sexy and fun and, and mysterious. And so that's the experience he wanted people to have. And similarly, when we are going in, especially as a woman, to be intentional, to be aware of what experience do I want to give myself? So if I'm going into a meeting, let's say, I have a board meeting and I'm sitting in front of 12 men. And as, as powerful and as clear as a woman can be, it's different energy. It just is. When we anchor ourselves within and say, okay, what experience do I want to give myself? I want to own my skill set. Or I want to be joyful in expressing this idea. Or I want to be firm in this decision and, and really asking for support behind this decision when I have half the people not behind the decision. So to be clear about what experience we want to give ourselves really lets us be independent of the outcome. And at the same time, paradoxically, more powerful in achieving it. Oh, what a wonderful distinction uh, between the intention, the, the experience that you want to give yourself versus intentionality that is more broadly defined. So I love that distinction. Thank you. Lisa, when you think about the most important things that a business leader can do to lead effectively, what are some of the most important qualities, characteristics, traits, or actions that a leader can take to lead effectively? And I love that question as well. And I want, I'd like to share my definition of leadership is actually knowing yourself, being a student of yourself to such an extent that you are always coming from your highest and best in any circumstances, even when you're struggling. So to know yourself as best as you can, to come from your highest and best, and then from that place, see that in others and invite them to do the same. For me, that's leadership. And I come back to that. I can, you know, certified in disc assessment, certified in the 360 evaluation, all of that useful tools. But for a leader to understand who she is, what her value system is, and to experience herself coming from that highest place and also meeting others from that place invites them to do the same. Now you're inviting them to also be leaders and to walk with you. So that, that paradigm operating from that mindset and that heart space is a very different way of being in the world under leadership. And I think that, honestly, is a feminine perspective. It's about relationship with myself and with others. So I think that that's one of the most important aspects of female power, if you will, as a leader, is to be able to come relationally from yourself and then recognize and invite others to come from that same place. So that would be, that would be really the foundation. From that place, what really is called for is authenticity and transparency. And, it, you know, it's interesting, male or female, we've been taught in the Western culture to hide that if we have either um, what we see as weaknesses, if we've made mistakes, if we have challenges, don't talk about that. Put on this facade, present yourself as though nothing bothers me. What, what is that? Oh, gosh, there's that wonderful battery I can't remember the actor's name. There was this battery um, commercial and he had, a, he had a battery on his on his shoulder and he said, you know, never let him see you sweat thing. And it's like, we're human. The most wonderful thing for somebody to say is, 
in this situation, I'm having a challenge and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to help you figure it out. Like that's powerful. It's much more powerful than saying, oh, I got this. It's no problem. There's a division that takes place there because then suddenly I'm no longer at a human level with you or with anybody else in the room. So that authenticity and it's connected to vulnerability as bless Brene Brown for all the work that she's done, the, the study she's done on vulnerability. It's not about, oh, here, come hurt me. It's about, look, I'm human and this is what's going on for me. And I'm pulling from my strength when I can. And when I can't, I'm going to ask for your assistance to help me. And that's also leadership. So those are, those are a couple aspects. Transparency, I think, is incredibly important. I, do, uh, I facilitate strategic planning in organizations. And I encourage consistently when, when organizations are coming up with their objectives, first of all, they're critical issues. They don't want to talk about the critical issues. They just want them to be better. And so to have that clarity, as I spoke about with clarity, ownership, resolution, excellence, to have the clarity about what issues, are, what situations aren't working, like where's the house burning? Let's take care of that straight on. And it's refreshing for, for an employee, a CEO, director, whoever it is to come to their employees and say, listen, we've got a massive problem and we see it. Boy, the employers are like, thank God. They're, now, they, they're, now we're all on the same page here, right? Otherwise, there's that discrepancy that feels like it's dishonest. So authenticity and transparency really, really do go hand in hand. Oh, that's absolutely so true. And I think over the past two years during COVID, there's been almost a call to arms for authenticity and transparency. There's been almost sort of a rise up around yes. these ideas that, that employees everywhere have said, I will follow leadership provided they're telling me the truth, they're doing it in a transparent way, and they're beyond being authentic about what they know and what they don't know, because we don't have it all figured out yet. Exactly. And I think now in the new normal, as workplaces become hybrid learning centers, and as we are connecting in new ways and we're resolving problems in new ways, I think that that is more relevant now than ever, this idea of being authentic and transparent. Mm -hmm in our communication, in our leadership styles, and the ways that we deal with employees, direct reports, teams. It's just such an important fundamental now. So I love that you brought it full circle to that conversation. Thank you, Lisa. You've been talking a lot about leadership advice already. And I feel like a lot of the discussion has been deep, rich, meaningful guidance and real lived experience around leadership. But through your journey, I'm sure you've received great leadership advice from others that you've really admired that have really perhaps impacted you or transformed the way that you embody leadership now. So what is the best leadership advice that you've ever received, Lisa? I guess I would have to say that it is to be impeccable with your word. And that, that has so many different facets to it, Linda. So there's first the communication piece of that, that if you say something, mean it, like really follow through on that. And if you're not going to mean it, then don't say it. And to be precise with your words. So if you have positive feedback to give and you care for someone or you find that their performance has been just phenomenal, share that. 
there's no people respond when people hear that they're being seen and acknowledged for what they're doing. They want to show up. It's human nature to want to do better and to to engage. So to speak all of the goodness that you see in the world, as well as the challenges. So one of the the programs that I base all of my work on is the genius of non-judgment, and that is distinguishing facts from our experience of those facts. And when we do that, we start to recognize what judgments are. And so in being impeccable with my word, when I speak to someone, I'm very clear about if I'm giving them critical feedback on something that could be improved upon or miss the mark on what we had agreed upon, I'm not judging them and making them wrong or bad for that. I'm speaking to the facts. We had a deadline of this date. We're three days over and I've not received the report. I'd like to know why. When can I expect that from you? So it's not to be shy of anything, but really to be that clear and transparent again with words. And I think the other thing, and it's not, it hasn't been implicit and explicit that's been shared with me, the advice, Linda, but it's been lived for me by people that I really respect. I'm going to put you in that bucket, is is the word respect. So, and this is vital for women. When you respect yourself, other people will respect you. And if they don't, it's on them and it's not your issue. You know, Colin Powell spoke at a a commencement ceremony at one point of, uh, it was a university of African-American university. And he said, if people have an issue with the color of your skin, don't make it your issue. It's that, it's that simple and that complex. And so for women, it's the same thing when I, and I go and I'm in corporations, I'm in businesses, I'm in partnerships with men who cannot see that they are discriminating. They can't see it. And so we have both the, 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 the challenge to see it and deal with it, but we also have the grace and the gifts to be able to deal with it. And so to know that we are equal, we don't have to fight for equality. We do have to fight for equal treatment. Those are two different things. And so when we have that appreciation and respect for ourselves and for others, literally, in my experience, whatever issues come to play, they can be managed if we have that place of respect within ourselves going into them. I love the idea of being impeccable with your word and all the depth and breadth of those simple words. Be impeccable with your word. So Lisa, I will tell you, I feel like I could speak to you for another hour about the incredible wisdom, expertise, experience, guidance, and advice that you have around the idea of feminine power and really what that means. But I will tell you that this has been absolutely thought-provoking, insightful, powerful, and I'm so grateful to you for spending this time with us, really doing a deep dive into this concept of feminine power And for all of you, just as a reminder, this is Lisa Carlone Steindorf. She is a director. She's a consultant. She's a trainer. She's a speaker. And she is a true expert around the idea of leadership, but most specifically, feminine leadership. And Lisa, I can't thank you enough for generously sharing your understanding, your learning, your wisdom your expertise, and your guidance. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. Linda, thank you for having me. 
Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.